spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy, happy Wednesday. Gatos back next week. We're St. James in. Hey. And uh, we were just uh, looking up on the news uh, earlier and because uh, we've been talking about the homeless, the, the, the growth of homeless here. We'll, we'll touch on the some zone. of that. The zone, though. They've got a week, Bruce, and they've got to be out of there. Yeah, they're going to uh, clean it up, I guess, if you will. And this has to do with the, the judge's ruling. A judge ruled that the city of Phoenix must, and these are three of the things, um, they must maintain public property in the area to a condition that is free of, okay. number one, tents and other makeshift structures that are in the public right of way. Okay. Two, biohazardous materials, including human feces, drug paraphernalia, and trash. Okay. And three, individuals committing offenses against the public order. So the city of Phoenix They have says, to live in a way, because that was one of the big things, too, when, when there was that trial. The, 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 the plaintiffs were saying, hey, look, they're doing drugs, they're selling drugs, they're committing crimes that if anybody else, anywhere else, they, they're not held to the same standard. Yeah. yeah. And why is that? It's not, they're not a protected class. There, it's estimated there's about 900 people living in, quote unquote, the zone, the, the area that we talk about, uh, between 7th and 16th Avenue, um, and from Jefferson to the railroad tracks. Okay. Yeah. Cause we've been down there and there, yeah, I would say, yeah, I would say about a it's like thousand, thousand plus, people. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, but they're going to move that, them. And they're they're going to tell them where. So, we, so that was my question, and I'm not trying to be stupid, but I am stupid. Mm-hmm. What we, they don't st- you tell them to leave the zone. They don't stop being homeless. No, but they've what's going to happen? And so, but this and this was the crux of of so the big this case has been tried all over the country, and we're the first state and city in, in, that that have actually. Said no, no, no. This is the, the way that Boise did it originally, Ooh. which is the one that they ruled on. They did it wrong. Boise essentially said nobody can be criminal. Nobody, there's no criminality being homeless, and the, and everybody's kind of gone. Well, that's what we're going with. This judge said no, 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 no. There isn't any criminality being homeless if you have somewhere to go. They're resistant to any services. And if you're resistant to trying to get yourself help and or getting yourself off the street, well, that changes it. The city of Phoenix says, uh, and this is a quote from uh, Rachel Milne, uh, says, uh, we help people pack up their items and move them into a safe place as we come in. While in that safe place, we are able to talk to them. Offer them a variety of shelter options, treatment options, and then transport them immediately if they are interested. So what do you do if they are not interested? Well, then you've got to tell them you've got to go somewhere else. And then you have to keep it up by going down there and clearing it on a daily basis, so not letting you, people. So if you're going to have a thousand people in the zone, I'm just using a yeah, thousand. If that, this, well, this let's agree on a number. Um, 200 of them go to Tempe. 200 of them go to Mesa. Uh, 200 of them go to. You see what I'm saying? That, like, that, I, I know. I don't know. But. Where You've offered go? them services, though. They've turned mm-hmm. it down because services come with rules. Rules are you can't do drugs. Rules are you can't come in there. Rules are you have to be up by a certain hour. There are things that they're going to be asked, as they should be in this situation. And, and you know, they've talked about, well, we're going to buy cheap hotels or we're going to they've they've even thought about getting some land out somewhere, a big parking lot somewhere and 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 having big yurts and essentially turning into another version of San Francisco's uh, Tenderloin. OK, so. Uh, um we were talking about a place at Paso Robles, yeah, uh, California. Gorgeous. Right? Gorgeous. Got homeless people. They live in the river 
uh, down by the bottom. R- yeah, literally. Well, the river has been running and floods yeah, and washes everything some, away. Yeah. So they they created a. It's just an empty piece of land. They put like a chain link fence around it. They put up porta potties and said you can live here. You know the problem? None of them chose to live there. Yeah. Because again, there's rules. They want to live under a tree in the river bottom as with soon no as rules because they there. want to be able to do drugs. They don't want to fall yeah, on it yeah, for whatever reason. I, I acknowledge that. Yeah. And so for me, the, the city says about two thirds of the homeless people will accept services. That still leaves a pretty sizable amount of and people. And that is a lot. Two thirds of those people are high. not going to accept services. That's what it says. I would expect. 10% or less to accept service. Really? Now, they may accept services, and the minute they get to those places and the rule comes, those services they go bounce. away. They bounce. But two-thirds seems extremely high because those services have been available for them for a long time. This isn't mm-hmm. new. Well, and it's, it is unfair to the local businesses, people that live around there. I have zero argument with that. Zero. There is no defense of it. No. I just I just look at this and go, we're going to sweep all these people, thousand people, off the street next week, roughly. I just want to know where they're going to go. Uh, How's well, this going to? Does we, this solve the problem? No, but the 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 solutions to the problem are in front of them. But the problem that's out there is in each individual's problem. The problem is they are all coming together, and it creates a problem. Each one has their own problem. Each one of us has their own problem. Got so, it. you know, I can't tell everybody we're all going to get you off drugs because it's got to be your choice. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the mentally ill, well, that's a different story. We need to have a bigger conversation because we can't snatch people off the street and put them into place. That's They have a constitutional right. I understand. So, I, was, I was sitting in a restaurant, a fast food restaurant, just all over by the airport the other day, and a, and a gentleman came in, I would say, obviously in kind of mental distress, you know, and, and I admit, I don't know what to do. No. You know, and I if mean, there are, there's if, part of me that wants to say, do, do you need help? How do we help you? There's another part that goes, you just look the other way and hope they leave. Yeah, because you don't know what they're going to react to. Like. No idea. Yeah, that's scary. It is scary. Bruce St. James in uh, for Gatos. Uh, we have a Bible hider at the uh, uh, at the state capitol. A what? A Bible hider. <laughs> and the Bible hider apparently is making it a uh, hostile work environment for some people at the, the state capitol. And because of that, there's going to be some ethics, I, I think, complaints. They're going to look in. You hiding Bibles, ma'am, is scaring people. Did you or did you not hide Bibles? <laughs> Well, she did. She got caught. She admitted it, right? She admitted it, Steve. She was out there. Yeah. Wise man. If I'm correct, she She's admitted somebody, for the love of God, who's doing this? I'm just kidding. I don't even know what that is. So the Bible hider, though, the, the, what exactly is the hostile work environment? So a couple of Republican lawmakers got together and filed an ethics complaint against this Democrat lawmaker, who's an ordained minister, by the way, and was caught on video hiding Bibles. Like all over. They have Bibles in this like lounge that the lawmakers use to negotiate stuff like off the floor. And I don't know why they have Bibles in there. I have no idea. But she has been (laughs) taking them. them Swear an oath if they're really doing something. I guess she takes them off the table and puts them like in the couch cushions or in the refrigerator. In the refrigerator. There's video of it, so you, you can't deny it. Jesus she, on ice. She apologized for it the next day. Jesus on ice. Now they're claiming it's a hostile work environment. Oh, for God. I also saw, uh, you remember Anthony Kern, the state senator? At the time, he wasn't a state senator, but he worked with the Cyber Ninjas to count the ballots. As you do. Even though he was on the ballot. Uh, that guy was outside the Capitol today handing out free Bibles to anybody that wanted that. Okay. It's such kabuki theater. Because the people Isn't that it? go to the Capitol, they just... 
Desire Bibles. Is it Obviously. the King James version? Or might I get the amplified version? <laughs> you might get the amplified, amplified version. version. I think it's the Anthony Kern version. Yeah. I want yeah. the remix. <laughs> You're getting some of it in Aramaic, so enjoy that. Ugh. Oh my lord, this is uh, we have not it. Politics is such theater anymore. And oh yeah, what would you say yesterday? The old saying is it is Washington it, poli- uh, politics is Hollywood for ugly people. That's exact, and, and it and here it is all about. How many tweets? How many likes? How much of a uh, 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 a celebrity can I be? Political political influencer. That's what it's about, and raise money off of it. But uh, yeah. you're hiding Bibles, and people are scared. She didn't hide the Koran, <laughs> right? No, no. See, it's, see it's what I'm saying there? Yeah. The Torah. There's no hiding of the Torah. No hiding of the Torah. Oh my lord, this is chaotic. Chaotic. I can't believe somebody it's voted if I for said these Yahweh people. Yahweh on ice. Huh? Would you feel better if I said Yahweh on Yah, ice? Yahweh on ice. Okay, That's right. Just checking. <laughs> Zeus. I'm just trying. Zeus on ice. I'm oh. trying to offend everybody equally. All right, uh, five spot. Let's talk about it. What are you to call in right now? Five spot two seven seven five eight two seven. About a story that we're going to be. Uh, we're we're, we're going to kind of talk a bit about it, but we want you to call in. About your first job ever. How young were you? What was your first job ever? Oh. You know, their first gig, because something happened, something took place uh, with a couple of youngsters at a McDonald's, and uh, they're a little bit younger than I think uh, most people get their first job, but if you had your first job, and it was early in life, we'd love to hear from you. 277-5827, 277-5827. Give us a call now. Five spots straight ahead. Get us in chat show. And Chad. Brought to you by Parker and Sons. Heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. All right, every single day. Do this. Little five spot. Have you calling the story you're talking about? And a lot of people are talking about this story. It just kind of popped up out there. You had two 10-year-olds, I think it was in Iowa, that mm-hmm. were working at a McDonald's. It doesn't surprise me. It's Iowa. It's Iowa, right? Children, child labor, and that's the new big thing. Or try to bring a chick. Coal mines, here they come, kids. They're, good. They're little. They get down anyone, there. Anyone who grew up on a farm like 10, why were they waiting until 10 well, to I work? know, right? It's, that's the weird thing. You're going to get to work when you're four, buddy. You're going to have to earn your keep around the here. The owners of, they own like 10 McDonald's. There's a corporation that owns like 10 McDonald's. They okay. said, look, these were the managers. There was their kids. Okay. They shouldn't have been in there. Uh, we didn't know they were in there. It was late at night. Uh, but Technically this, working? Technically, yeah. Probably mom and dad saying, help me so we can get out of here early. I don't know. Uh, but we're asking you guys out there right now, 277-5827, your first job first and how job. old were you when you got your first job? Eric in Phoenix, uh, what was your first gig and how old? Uh, yeah, I was a dishwasher um, and I was 15. There you go. Yeah, that's Where good. at? Where at? Were you good? Uh, I'm a little restaurant in western Pennsylvania called Benjamin's. I don't think it's around anymore, but I started out dishwasher. I eventually got promoted to salad boy and then promoted to bus boy. <laughs> we're wow. not going to blame you for the demise of the restaurant. No, we're not. I appreciate you. <laughs> 15 so far. Do we have a 14 15. out there? Riley and El Mirage, what was your first Ooh. job and were you good at it? Uh, yeah, I was good at it. I was 16, and I got a job, funny story, working at McDonald's. Yeah. Oh, well, you started D's. six years too late. If you would have started at 10, <laughs> you'd have been a general I mean, manager I, by the time least. you were 16. At least. So, but, but because, you know, a crew member. Uh, what are they talking about? Appreciate your call. The, you have to be 16, I think, nationwide before you can operate the fry machine. Okay, how old do you have to be to fix 
the ice cream machine. That those are not How supposed to be, to be fixed. Fix it? They they break them on purpose. Oh, you know that. You understand that. Tim in Santan Valley. How old were you with your first gig? And what was it? Wait, Tim. Nine years old. Whoa. Oh, say it again. In, in in central Illinois, you can work in the cornfields once you were nine. Decastling corn. Nine yeah, years I old. I told you, hey. working on a farm. And, and you know what? A dollar sixty-five an hour in nineteen seventy was a lot of money to a nine-year-old. You re- raking it in? You kidding me, man? You can afford it. it you are probably talking about a wife, and you got enough money for a mortgage. Talk about high cotton. Woo! So <laughs> corn at corn nine. At nine. Nikki and Phoenix. What was your first gig, and how old were you? Well, I started babysitting when I was about 12, but an actual paycheck, I was 15, and I was a lifeguard for the city of Phoenix. Oh, look at that. Good See, for you. That's good. Appreciate it. It's funny because lifeguard, if you think about it, lifeguard at 15, Yeah, because we were at the Arizona Grand, and those kids are like 16 to 18. Yeah. You're not saving anybody. Oh, come on. <laughs> I was a lifeguard. Oh, we all were lifeguards. Highly trained. Adam and Surprise, what was your first gig, and how old were you? Hey guys, um, so I was uh, 14 years old and I worked for Coldstone Creamery. Uh, funny enough, I actually uh, worked with and for Doug Ducey at the time. Imagine that! So child labor. Doug Ducey's about child labor is what you're telling us. <laughs> That's a good thing hey, he's not married anymore. So now, you were 14, how'd you do? Sw- slang and slang ice cream? Did you do well? Oh, I did. I did amazing singing the ice cream. I threw it up in the air. We sang for tips. It was all sorts of fun. Ring the bell. Ring oh, the bell, man. Yeah. See, that's Ring rocking. the bell. So, yeah. How was Ducey as a boss? Uh, we'll not get there. Yeah, we'll let that one go. Well, you know, child okay. labor. I mean, you probably can't. You probably had to sign an NDA because he, he knew he, he, he built a big business out of it. He did. He? he did. That is five spot. We do it every single day right here on the Gators and Chad Show. Oh, your first gig. Does Paperboy count? Yeah. You got a paycheck. I did. I mean, yeah. I had to go. No, I had to go door to door and collect the oh, money. You had to do the door to door collection. I, I had to go that. and collect monthly, you know, the, 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 the fees. Um, four, 14, maybe? 14. I think r- I was 13, 14. And, well, yes. But then I learned. I started driving when I was 13, 14. So I would, uh, I would put my brother in the trunk. With the trunk lid open, and we would drive slowly around the neighborhood, and he would throw them out. I wouldn't give my brother a nickname. Where where did you live that you could drive at 14? Well, I mean, it was Tucson. I wasn't supposed to be doing it, but I just learned how to drive. That's okay. It's all good. You know what? I always tell everybody, people freak out about my kids driving around on their little motorcycles and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? This is what you're supposed to do at this age. Pablo, what was your first gig? How old? I was like, I was 15, too. It was a summer program that my mom got me into with the city somehow. So during spring break for kids not to get in trouble. And I actually got to work maintenance at the high school. So I was like mowing the lawns and. and really? Yeah. And like cleaning and waxing like the, the same floors. Age as high schoolers. Yeah. 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 Right. But it was summertime. Summer, so. summertime, summertime, summertime. 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 Wise man Steve. At 15, I think it was, I started uh, chalking softball fields nice. for the local teams. Cool. Yeah. See, got a little paycheck. And Deborah, Ch- come on, Deborah, your first gig. Okay. 14, a car hop at Carlson's Root Beer Stand. Were you, were you on Did roller, you go skates? roller skates? No, they didn't. I wish. <sighs> I wish that would have been a blast. But it I was on my feet. Okay. Oh, look at that. And then uh, I worked for my family. Yours? had uh, clothing stores. So you just went in and you worked. And it's I what was, you did. That was like, so, you know, like I had learned everything. So like you're 10 years old, you're sitting around and I was telling you the old school credit card machine with the carbon thing. I'd have to look oh, up and yeah, see yeah, if yeah. it was stolen. <laughs> then I would 
ching-ching, and it would leave an indentation on yeah. the carbon? Yeah, that was awesome. That, is that was awesome. Cool. Man, I felt like such a big kid there. Oh, my Lord. And my grandma gave me a little paycheck, too. Full paycheck and everything went down, opened up a bank account. Phenomenal. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Five spots. Every single day we do it here. And the first jobs today, two 10-year-olds. Uh, not getting paychecks and working at McDonald's. I don't know if that clown would yeah, be happy about that. Fix the ice all. cream machine. I'm perfectly okay with Coming it. Coming up, 44% of Americans support this law to be restricted and or banned. They were like, hey, you know what? I would actually have a law about that. We're going to talk about that. Some other stuff straight ahead. It is the Guinness and Chat Show. The hottest ticket in town. All right, it is the hottest ticket. It's time for us to tell you who the hottest oh. ticket name is. So you qualify for game three or four Suns tickets against the Nugs. Yeah. So, so, Jose Lopez from Glendale. Ten minutes to call. 602-277-5827 to qualify. If Jose Lopez doesn't call within ten minutes, then we're going to open the phone lines to somebody else. Once again, Jose Lopez from Glendale. You have ten minutes to call. 602-277-5827. There has to be hundreds of Jose Lopez's in Glendale. Yeah, so... You know who you are. Maybe or it really doesn't matter at this point. So. Anybody named Jose Lopez from Glendale. <laughs> You've got a shot at this. If You've got some Glenda. verification steps that he has to pass. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, you guys know that. Because I'm like, dude, there's a lot of people they could call him go. That's like saying, uh, Jose John Lopez. Smith in Phoenix. Yeah, exactly. like 800 John people call. John Smith, you are a winner. Okay. Uh, all right, Jose, you got 10 minutes. Nine and a half minutes right now. Get on it. Uh, <laughs> Good luck. 44% of Americans. Say so they support laws that restrict or ban transgender care for minors, even if parents consent. Only 34% say they oppose such measures. Hmm. It's interesting when you look at some of this polling and when you dig into it. I think it shows that people have conflicting, evolving, unclear positions on transgender. Is that fair to say? Uh because what? what I see is there's there's people a lot of people say well they should be protected from discrimination polls say a majority of yeah, people of say that you, yeah but there's also a majority that say your gender is determined by your sex at birth so who are you trying to protect at that point do you see what I'm saying yeah well I think I think the big thing is 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 it's there's no doubt that it's a fad. There's no doubt that there is some sort of contagion that is going on that, you know, you talked about the first time you met somebody who was transgender. By the way, maybe about 10 years ago, which was at the time. I I didn't know what it was. You go and talk to people who are older that did it. They went through a process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This process has been eliminated now. You hear kids like they lived a long life knowing uh, something wasn't right or I didn't. And at a certain time there was, you know, because it was DS5 for a long time. Right. Part of the, you know, and then the. The guy from John Hopkins went on vacation who was who said, look, it's a mental disorder. It's gender dysphoria. It's a dysphoria. It's like people who want to have their limbs cut off. They're, they're, this is a dysphoria. There, there needs to be there's a mental health problem that needs to be dealt with. And then somebody said no. And it became activists got in charge. And all of a sudden you got 10 of them out of school. But here's my and they're question. They're all friends. But here's my question. And, and I, I admit I don't know this. So this is not a this is not I'm not asking a question. I know the answer to when you and I. I'll say when I was going to high school, Santa Rita, Tucson, Arizona, go Eagles. Um, fly, Eagle fly. Were there kids in there who would have if they knew there was an opportunity? I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Either. Were they? And, and are we looking at this situation and is transgenderism or transgender issues, is it similar to what we went through with, with gay issues where 
all of a sudden, like, well, gee, everybody's gay. Well, no. Well, they must have been gay for a while, and they just, we just didn't know about it. Well, like, I don't know. What's the new thing yesterday that uh, 25% of Gen Z now identify as uh, LGBTQ? No. 25%. Really? That is statistically impossible. Right. Yes. But it... The, well, it's because they're more. No, it's because it's a fad. This is a superpower for some people. Pronouns, the gender thing, mm-hmm. assigned at birth, for God's sakes. You know, it's 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 ridiculous. And having a child at seven decide to make a life altering decision, you would never do that. No. My son comes to me at seven and says, "I want a face tattoo." <laughs> it ain't happening. <laughs> but you know what? I, mean, I, I can. Get like I can, snake. He can get cool. rid of the face tattoo. It might be painful, yeah, yeah, yeah. but if he starts taking estrogen and he starts, uh, it, all that's stuff that we have not. So the problem that I have with this is 44% of people are trying to tell other people what they can or can't do with their kids. And I'm sure that this 44% of people who are opposed to uh, what a gender affirming surgery, I don't, yeah. I don't want to use the wrong terminology, for other kids with their parents' permission would not like anyone telling them what to do with their kids. Yeah, that's true. And, and I understand where you come from. I see that. I think they look, I, I look around and I say, we... <laughs> People make decisions for their children that I think are idiotic all the time. All the time. You still get to make them. All the time. You still get to do but it. But the difference in this is Some send them it's to not the same. I mean, if, I, if, if I was in California and I denied Jack gender-affirming care, I would be in trouble. They could take him away from me. Really? At what if, age? What's the... Is there... I mean, any age. Really? If... If... I'd have had my parents locked up. If I purpose. went and got him a tattoo... Yeah, yeah. They'll take him away from me. One of them is ridiculous. No argument. And so I think there's a lot of, I think the push in this has been the big thing. In the LGBT community, my my, uh, my producer in my morning show, he's gay. He's been gay his whole life. And he will say, I don't get it. And I don't like them lumped into this situation where they make us all, I mean, he was a, you know, this, he's, he's much older. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, he is a, he's been through it all. And he talks well, about he's probably this, seen a huge change in acceptance of nothing else back in the day and all, but he has said that this has become an activist kind of fad that is being pushed by people and they're not asking real questions. Gannis and I talked about something last week where you've got Australia saying now, hey, if you want to have surgery, so so Bruce, you you want to have surgery, you want to have no surgery. Well, you're going to have to go see uh, somebody at least two or three times to talk to them about, do you understand what's going on? If I'm going to have plastic surgery. If you go in today in some places, you know, again, some states are restricting it now. You're hearing stories of these kids who are going, yeah, I was in there for less than an hour. The person didn't know me, and they prescribed new testosterone or estrogen. Hmm. That's insane. Even with parents' permission, doesn't yeah. that change it for you something as a parent? I, look, I understand it. I'm not a parent, but you understand where I'm coming from. I know a lot of parents who don't like other parents telling them how to live their lives. Yeah, yeah. but if if if, if I've got to pay for it through insurance... I don't want any part of that. I don't okay. think you should have to do that. And, uh, you know, it's just, wouldn't it be kind of child abuse? You're, you know, some of these kids get pushed into this stuff. I think some of you got a lot of parents out there that it's like, you know, I mean, I, I was, who was I talking to? It's like they're at a, they're at a dinner in Los Angeles and mm-hmm. like everybody around the table is a transgender child. Really? And you're just like, 
What are the statistics? I apparently am not running in the right circles. No, we are not. I, you I, you I, race cars. That's your problem. There's probably yeah, not I, a lot of transgender. I've met, I've met transgender people. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I just haven't met the number of them that it feels like. The, the, and I have a sense. We talk about it, and it's a bigger issue than the actual number of people doing it. But the outsized influence that it's having yes, in it's places. it's having an outsized influence that's the issue, over I the think. number of actual people. Yeah, absolutely. Fair? Fair. That's very fair. Right, it's like, like a lot that. of things have outsized influence. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff still to get to. We're going to squeeze it all in. We're going to do the best. I mean, we got so, we've got so much stuff. <laughs> I haven't even brought in stuff. That I've got that stuff. You try stuff. to you try to you try to spring things on me. We'll talk a bit about the Waymo cars, let, let, self driving oh, cars. cars. There's a miss in the self driving cars in an area that needs Oops. to be talked about. We'll touch on that and a few other things. Right, Ed uh, Bruce J. James in for Gatos. It is the Gatos and Chad show. The hottest ticket in town. Stuff like that. All right, kids. Uh, caller three right now. It's game three. We're going to do caller three. Jose Lopez. While we had several of them call in, we're not that <laughs> Jose Lopez. 277 5827. Third caller right now. You are qualified. Qualified. To have a chance to win tickets. You get some stuff, right? If I'm correct, you get some uh, some some game like cool stuff. Fun prizes. Yeah, there you go. Like a gift pack. So there you go. So, so third caller right now, 277-5827. Uh, Jose Lopez, thank you for not calling in, even though 40 of you did call in. <laughs> we were just watching, and and the, the, the keeping with the woke insanity, we were just watching. The Navy is is has a new ambassador, Harpy Daniels. Dig- digital ambassador. Digital. Yes. Harpy Daniels, a drag queen that is a uh, current. Well, US- it's a, is a sailor. Is super. <laughs> Serving on board a... That's the Navy for you. Uh, 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 serving on board a... a Notice a, the... Uh, a ship. He served on the USS Ronald Reagan. I don't know what ship he's on now. Notice the... Uh, Notice that the Army or the Marines, they, they didn't get a song about them from the village people. No, but he, uh, but he has an alter ego uh, a, a, a drag queen. Harpy yeah. what? Harpy Daniels. And has performed in lip sync competitions on board the ship. Because the Navy, apparently, did not understand what went wrong with... Bud Light, <laughs> and they said, "Hold our Bud Light, watch us." Well, the Navy says, and I, I, mean, I have to take their word for it 8, that they're, they're struggling to yeah. recruit, yeah, and that they're in the the most challenging recruiting environment since the all volunteer force began. I remember, I think it was uh, uh, one of the generals, maybe Stavaris or somebody said, "Look, most people, first of all." You know, 18 to like, you know, 30, vast majority of Americans through fitness, through drugs, through, uh, you know, uh, records, they don't Criminal even come records. close to qualifying for right. this. Well, so then it goes down to like the 10% of the population could that even qualify. Could qualify. Then you've got to recruit from there, and 90% of those people don't want to do it. They just don't want to do the job. That's, I mean, they had to like lower some of the physical fitness, yeah. fitness standards and things because. The, now the option was you don't have anybody. Come to the Navy. We're having fun. Woo! Why aren't they just kind of acknowledging what the Navy is? <laughs> Steel Team 6 is rolling over in whatever it is they're doing. I, I, here, this is how you, first of all, nobody wants, we don't want, I don't need my wokeness in any of my military. And their only thing should be, come to the military. Okay. We swear we will let you blow some crap up. Oh. 
We absolutely promise you. Do I get to shoot yes or no? Even if you end up being, you know, a second class airman slash submarine, you know, screwdriver turner, we will let you push a button that blows up something somewhere else. We promise you that. Come now. That should be the selling point. Yeah, they will do it. They don't Apparently, listen to me. They enough, should. It's not enough of a selling point. You know what? Days. One of the things I, I think oh. that they should do is, and I, I found this, we have some people that probably would like to be in the military. They're mm-hmm. a little overweight. Okay. We tell them, hey, you're going to do an extended six-month boot camp, and we're going to get the weight off you and get you qualified for this. I'm coming out of here right. a lean, mean fighting machine. That's right. Absolutely right here. True. Do we uh, That there is the uh, laughter, the hilarity, and the loudness that is my man. Bruce St. James in for Gatos. Gatos is back next week. A lot of stuff still to get to next hour, including what is Mexico going to do to help us when Title 42 goes away. It is the Gatos and Chad Show.